0: numbers. So this is going to pop up here first and yeah, there you go. This is actually a we translated a page. this was given to our uh, church family at our annual business meeting uh, the beginning of March, uh, just a, well several months ago now. Uh, we're going to zoom in in a moment, so don't try to read that unless you have really good eyes. But you know we, we summarized the year at our church at Cradle Church, by uh, just highlighting some of the things. And now we're going to let this run. You've got to read. It'll be up there for several seconds. But just highlighting some of the things that God's been doing in our church. And so, uh, Jen, let's let it go, and it'll be on a, uh, It'll run here. And you can see, and I'm going to be quiet now and let you just read about these things and then uh, maybe comment at the end. Now, if you know French and you're intrigued, go to that website address. And you can see what's uh, what's going on. All right. I'm going to need a little bit of light because uh, I'm going to do a little bit of... I'm, I'm unashamed in doing uh, publicity and all of that good stuff. In the back, on the table back there, you can't miss it. You will see these five choices in color. Okay. Now and, and we're not going to pass them out sometimes we pass them out and then we have wars because people are, I don't want yellow I want fuchsia and so you get to choose but I ask you please do that because these will be useless once we go back to Quebec in a week because uh, the next time we come down to the states a lot of these requests will have changed so please take one, stick it in your Bible to get it home, put it on your fridge put it wherever it will be a reminder and, and we do have a picture prayer card and uh, I, we have to tell people, this is not a mountain in Quebec. That's Mount McKinley uh, in Alaska. I have a sister who lives there, and we had, we had a great photo op, and we thought the picture turned out well. So, but please take those things, uh, the picture, if you can't remember who we are, but especially this card. And then also, we're, we're going for colors that you can't miss. All right, you got, again, five choices of color. This is our latest prayer letter. If you receive, if you're on our mailing list, you'll be getting it in the mail. But special edition, see, and and again, this will be no good to us when we go back to Quebec. So please take it. And in fact, Edgar and Rachel's story is highlighted there. Um, And uh, we, we appreciate you taking that off our hands. Because we know all the stuff that's there, so we don't need that. I want to tell you an exciting story, and then we're going to open the Bible. This, uh, some of you, if you're connected with ABWE and have any knowledge of what's going on over at the mission, um, the story of hope is a chronological approach to sharing the gospel. And this is the French translation. It came off the presses. This is just a, a mock-up copy for corrections, but it came off the presses Friday in Quebec City. Uh, a couple of hundred are being shipped down so we can hand them out at the conference this coming week. But we, we printed 8,000 of these. 3,000 are going over to uh, Cameroon and Togo uh, in the next several weeks. And we are really excited about uh, providing another tool to put in the toolbox uh, in French, the French-speaking world to share Jesus Christ. Um, this, is a, 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 this is a tool that you could use. If you have a friend, and they've shown interest in the gospel, and they're asking questions. I would encourage you, you can get these... Uh, Go online. Uh, ABWE has a website, and you can buy these individually, or I'm, I'm sure uh, Terry could get a box load. But uh, we just praise God that this is available in French. I, I was asked to head up this project, and uh, so the French-speaking world of ABWE has been hounding me. When is this going to be done? Because I am thrilled that it's done, and uh, they're going to be able to get their hands on them. And it, it is a wonderful way to share the good news of Jesus Christ. And they're available in Spanish, in Portuguese, in Russian, in Mandarin, uh, and uh, one or two other languages. So we're adding French, I think the seventh language, The Story of Hope is now available. And uh, you can just rejoice with us. That's uh, the end of a huge project, and we're very grateful that that's, uh, God has enabled that to happen. Um, I want you to repeat something with me. Now, I don't know if you're like our church. They talk when we don't ask them to. <laughs> Uh, I never preach a message without interruptions. It's just planned in, and if it takes an extra week, that's okay. But that's how I want it to be. I'm very comfortable with that. And uh, I'd rather have somebody say, what are you talking about? So I could, you know, rewind and try to say it a different way, rather than everybody, you know, go out the door, hey, great message, Pastor. I had no idea what you were talking about. So, uh, so I hope you will be with me here and we're going to say something. You've got to say it out loud. And everybody's got to be involved here. And I want you to repeat a very simple phrase. And it's this. We are the church. All right. Can you do that with me? Here we go. We, we are the church. Not very convic- uh, convincing. Let's try it again. A little more uh, enthusiasm. We, we are the church. Uh, one more time. Let's just make sure you got it. I'll be quiet. I'm listening. We are the church. Now, what does that mean? doesn't mean Grace Community Church, obviously. That's not what we're talking about. And uh, I want to just, we'll break it down real quick. We. It's not me. It's not you. It is a collective thing. We. Now, this happens to be Grace Community Church. If you're visiting today, come back next week. You'll hear Terry preach. I met Yolanda her first Sunday. I'm really sorry you don't get to hear him preach, Yolanda. But if you come back next week, you will be preaching. Yes, he'll be, he'll be up here next week. We, the body of Christ, the the scriptures use that phrase, the church is something that was in God's mind before time ever began. He knew it was all going to take place. It was born the day of Pentecost as, as the Holy Spirit came and began doing a work in people's hearts, transforming lives. So this morning, we, those of us who know Jesus Christ personally, we are the church. It's an active thing. It's present tense. We are today. Now, Paul, the apostle, way back there when the church was born, he was saying that. He was teaching that to people. And if God uh, allows the church to continue to grow for the next hundred years, they'll be saying the same thing in the future. But it is something that's going on right now. And if you know Jesus this morning, you are part of an amazing thing that we call the church. Now, it's not about buildings. It's not about denominations. It's about being a part of something that God is building. Every time someone else comes to Jesus Christ and believes in Him as their Savior, the church grows. We had another member. We have another new brother or sister. We are the church, and it is family. Now, as as a part of the church... Uh, this, this idea, it's up there on the screen already, my little, plus, your little, rather, plus my little. you know um, Expression, we were in a missions conference uh, several months ago, little, you've heard this, little is much when God is in it, okay? Uh, you have a little bit to add, I have a little bit to add, none of us have it all, but when we combine our resources, then it's amazing what God can do. Well, that's, that's really this idea of the church. Uh, we're going to look at some scriptures. And so, um, Jen, let, I think we're ready to move on here. We'll see in a second. Yes. <laughs> I, I'd like to read these passages. They're not very long. They are verses that you probably all know, maybe not by heart, but you've heard them. And, and some, uh, just, just you, as, as I read, I want you to be picking out the things that go along with this idea of my little, your little, combining them together in Romans chapter 12, verses 4 to 6. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. Now he continues there and names seven or eight different gifts, but the idea: let us use them. I love that. Uh, this is I'm reading out. What am I reading? The ESV version this morning. I usually read in French, so that would not be much blessing to you. <laughs> All right. Now we'll flip over to 1 Corinthians chapter twelve, verse number four and uh, uh, following. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities. But it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. We are the church. It's for us, the common good, that God does all those things. A little bit further on into the chapter, verse 14. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. Got to have everybody's cooperation, involvement. In fact, it's in that passage, you know, he says, if the eye says, well, I'm not uh, the ear, you know, I'm not the ear, so, I mean, it's not, you don't want a big old eye, that would be sort of nasty, And one great big ear, or a big mouth, well, we have that in the church, but uh, sometimes. But but it's, the idea is we all, every one of us, as God has gifted us, and made us who we are, uh, we all have something to add. So that the church, who, that's us, can move forward and do great things for the glory of God. Verse 18, still in the same chapter. But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each of them, as He chose. It's a God thing. You didn't stand in line and say, God, I want to have this gift. I want to have this talent. No, God, because He knows what He's about and he can see the end from the beginning, he knows what he needed to put into the body that's called Grace Community Church. He knew the gifts that would be necessary, the talents. Hey, the worship band this morning. We had a lot of fun yesterday. We sort of barged in and, you know, uh, took advantage of all the good food. But, but to see them up here this morning, boy, they look better than their bathing suits. I must, you know. <laughs> we all look better. I, I'll add myself. <laughs> I'm glad I was submerged in the water in that picture, huh? But, but we all, as God brings people together, uh, the expression of of who we are as as a group of people, that that can be a very powerful way of making an impact in the lives of people around us. And then uh, verses twenty five and twenty six. Here, still in that chapter, there may be. uh, Well, let me go up a little. In verse 24, But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. We did a little bit of that this morning. We we hear of those in the body who've lost loved ones. And and, and so we pray for them. We, We weep with them. We hear of someone who got a victory, moving from one attic to another. Roger, what a... I mean, you know, it would be fun when you can move into the rest of the house, too. But we <laughs> rejoice that they got, you know, they can get into the new house. And so we, we have occasions. Oh, I mean, every day, I, that's sort of a silly example, but we have, we have occasions constantly to be rejoicing with each other, be praying and, and sometimes weeping with one another. But it's this whole idea of who are we? We are the church. Now, we're going somewhere with this. Hang on. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15 and 16. And, and, and then on the basis of all of these passages of Scripture, and, and I hope uh, the idea is evident just in the reading of the Scripture, verse 15. And this is another place where Paul is describing the body of Christ, the church... And he's using now the human body again to ex- uh, give an example. Terry's going to be able to give testimony to this in a moment. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. Okay? Jesus Christ is the head of the body. He's the brain. You know, he's the one who tells us what to do. And then he continues saying this, from whom, that is from Christ, the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. We were here a year ago. Terry had just been operated on. Well, a couple of weeks before we arrived, he was hurting pretty bad, but starting his therapy. And the idea was, you know, with that new hip and socket, that, that the body would adjust to that. And, and then each part, you know, the, the new hardware they put in there, and, and his body would adapt to that, and uh, he'd be able to be, you know, probably on the wrestling mat again pretty soon. And it didn't work. We were shocked when we arrived uh, Friday night at the house, and here's Terry limping around, and then we heard that it's gonna he's got to go through the whole thing again. Maybe that was new. Did did the church know that? Oh. Oops. Oh, wow. Well, now they do. I am really sorry about that, Terry. Well, now add that to your prayer list. And to add my name to the prayer list, too. Wow. Well, I thought that was common knowledge. It is now. (laughs) But you know what, because that hip doesn't work, Terry is limited, and, and, and they'll get around and, and do things, and, and the body of Christ, when, when members out here in this representation of that body, when, when people are hurting, then we're all limited in some way. So it is so important that we understand that we all have something to contribute. People are counting on you. And I could go around and point to every one of you. If you're part of this church family, there are people that are counting on you. You have something to add that they can't add. Now let's move on now. And take this thought and sort of expanded a bit. And um, here we go. <laughs> um. I, Rick Warren, you, you know the book Purpose Driven Life. I, I love one of the things he developed in there. He talked about our shape. And it was an acrostic. The S stood for spiritual gift. Heart, H is heart or your, things you're passionate about. A is your abilities. P is your personality. And E is your experiences. Now that, he, he talks about our shape. Each one of us as believers in Jesus Christ, we, we have a unique shape. And and so what you see there in front of us, the, the idea, we're all different. Uh, we don't all have the same spiritual gifts. We don't all have the same things we're passionate about. Now, there, we have people in our church up in Quebec who are so passionate about reaching out to people that are hurting uh, the, the, the poor of our community and around the world. Uh, we have others who are passionate about um, uh, making a difference. Uh, we, we have ministry in the YWCA with women who are, uh, it's sort of a recovery program. We have a bunch of our ladies who are involved there. Uh, and, and some of that was reflected in all those numbers you saw. But we're all different. And, and, and it's the way God wired us because He knew what He needed for the, the, the uh, operation, the, the effectiveness of the body of Christ what we call the church. And just a little reminder, we are the church. It isn't just some fuzzy thing out there. It's us. So we do have a different role to play, every one of us in the church. Now let's move on. Keep expanding this idea. Now where do we start? Well, we all have the first same assignment. Remember John chapter 13? Jesus does an amazing thing. They arrive in the upper room, we're hours now before the cross, and everybody sits down to the meal, and there was a basin of water and a towel that had been neglected as they all came in the room. You know how it works. That was a job reserved for the lowest servant uh, you know, in the household. And uh, of course, nobody is going to admit that. So everybody comes in, sits down, well actually they sort of recline, so there's probably stinky feet everywhere. You know, and they didn't have uh, sidewalks and streets. They'd been walking in all kinds of gunk der- during the day. But nobody's feet had been washed. And so during- right in the middle of the meal, Jesus gets up, gets the water, takes a towel, and begins going around to wash 12 pairs of dirty feet, including Judas Iscariot, by the way. And when he finishes... Then he says, do you understand what I just did? And didn't even wait for a response. I'm sure they had no idea other than they, they were embarrassed probably. But he, he concludes chapter 13. Well, it wasn't chapter 13. He concludes the thoughts and, and he says by this. This is how people are going to know that you're my disciples. Because you love each other. Now that's a bit of a problem. Remember, we are the church. It's not just the pastor, it's not just the elders, it's not, no, we are the church. So that means that seated here this morning, you can look across, you know, the way the the room's set up, I don't want anyone to respond visibly, but it could be that here in this room this morning, there are members of the body of Christ, people that are part of Grace Community Church, and you're not doing too well in your relationships, some problems, some issues between you. If that's the case, then you have something to take care of. And the reason is very simple. Because people who don't know Jesus are watching us. Maybe we don't care for that. Maybe you don't believe it, but they are. And and if you have made it known to your friends that don't know Jesus Christ that you are a believer, Jesus has changed your life, they're watching and if we can't get along, we in the church, if we can't get along with each other, then anything we say is useless, means nothing. You see, we are the church, and we all have this first commandment to love one another. So, I mean, it, I'm very serious about this. If you've got issues with people in the body, you need to make some calls. You need to go see somebody and say, hey, I, we got to, whatever it is, we've got to turn the page. So that's where we have to start, as members of the body. Now let's move on. And and I think that this is something God is really helping us up in Quebec, in our baby church, that as we share the good news as a body, as a group of people, I mean, it's just, it multiplies the effectiveness of our witness for Christ. The the, the idea that because we all are part of the same body, that we all have been placed in the body of Christ, we are the church and we all have different things to contribute to the ongoing and the development and the growth of the church. We need to take advantage in the right sense of the word of what God has given to everybody here in this this room this morning. And there are many uh, away on vacation, I understand that. But the, the body of Christ You have something to add, but so does somebody else. And now let's focus this whole idea on the fact that God has called us to love each other and to take, let that expression of love be one of the most powerful ways to help people understand their need of Jesus. That Jesus Christ does change lives. And we are living proof. Moving on. We'll try this screen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, this is this is an additional part of uh, Jesus still in the upper room, and, and he talks about this idea that uh, as we live together, the church, this this thing that he created, uh, that is a part of the, the the vitality of our testimony. John seventeen. And and we we talk about John thirteen, but John seventeen. I remember reading. I believe I was still in college, so this goes back a number of years. Francis Schaeffer, uh, a Christian apologist, and uh, you know one of the brainy people that God gave to the church. He said some pretty neat things, and they took a chapter out of a book and made it into a little booklet called "The Church Before the Watching World." And he that that booklet was about John thirteen, thirty four, and thirty five, and John seventeen verses 21 to 23. And in this second passage, I'm going to read these verses. Let's see. We have until about 11, Terry? Wow. Okay. Verse 20, John 17. I'll start there. I do not ask for these only. These are words of Jesus, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. Isn't that pretty incredible that Jesus Christ, in reality, was praying for us that night just before going to the cross, he was praying not only for the disciples, but for the people who would believe in Jesus Christ through the witness and, you know, this ongoing thing, passing the truth on to another generation. And, and here's what he was praying that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us. So that the world may believe that you have sent me. Now there it is. Why is it so important that we be one, that we be united, that we have a a, a testimony that is believable by the love we have for each other? Because Jesus said, in reality, I'm giving the right to people who don't know me. I give them the right to decide whether I really am sent from heaven by the Father, when they watch the unity that exists among Christians. Now, folks, that puts an incredible, incredible responsibility on our shoulders. Because we can say all we want, but if we aren't living in unity with each other, then that, in a sense, Jesus said, that's giving the world, the people outside of Christ, the right to judge whether, in fact, Jesus came from heaven, sent by the Father or not. That's a lot of responsibility. That rests on us. Let's bump it forward just a little bit further, Jen. I like this—a quote out of a book I've been reading, and and I like this very much. Our commitment to one another, despite our differences and our grace toward one another's failures, are more eloquent testimony to the grace of God than any pretense at perfection. We all have masks that we wear. Sunday morning. Usually have one on. (laughs) How's it going? Oh, fine. (laughs) Everything's fine. Um, And usually everything isn't fine. And so rather than... I mean, who wants to be part of something that's perfect? Because nobody else fits. But if, if people around us, our friends who don't know Jesus yet, if they could actually see us who we are... And, and know that we're struggling. But we have help that they don't have. Jesus Christ has promised to meet our needs and to help us to grow and become who we want, He wants us to be. But I think that when, when we are able to just be honest with one another and, and be a loving, caring community that is extending grace. I love the name of your church. <laughs> extending grace to people instead of pretending that we're okay. That's powerful testimony. And now, because the clock is also moving, we move on just a little bit more. And here's the idea. This may not, you maybe you're way, way ahead of me, but this idea of evangelizing as community. I think there's some powerful possibilities. The, the fact that uh, sharing Christ is, now, I'm going to add here in a moment, it is not an excuse to Oh, I don't have any responsibility then. That's not true. Let's see. Just some ideas as we're building this. First of all, we need to continue to build relationships personally. We also need to be sharing the gospel personally. Okay, that's, that's what this book, French, English, whatever language you want, but that's what this, this tool is all about. Sharing the gospel. It's a, it's a different approach. Helping people who don't know the story of the Bible and don't know who Jesus is to get them ready to understand that. And also, introducing people to our Christian community and I underscore the word in natural ways. I don't know uh, how it works here in this community, but you know, we, we seldom have people outside of Jesus who walk into our church up in Quebec. Just doesn't happen. Uh, they don't want they have no reason to identify themselves with what is considered a cult in Quebec anything that is not catholic is a cult and that's who we are so they're not going to come walk in the front door of the building and be identified with us so we we got to go where they are what a novel and interesting thought but as we have responsibility personally think about you know, the, it's sort of exponential, exponential. That's it. Well, you know what I mean. You know, it's, you know, to the 10th power, to, I mean, 10 to the first and second and third and so on. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is the, the, the power of your personal testimony, but placed alongside of the, the testimony of another friend in Christ and another friend in Christ Doing something that together, and it's not that we all are going to preach at the top of our lungs, you know, you repent, but we're going to live together in Christ and allow our friends who don't know Jesus to see us in action with our Christian friends. Now look at this. Let's move on. And and some things are going to just pop up here, just things... You know, there are some people who are very, very gifted in sharing the gospel. And I'm sure some of them are here in this room this morning. There are some of you that are just really good at organizing. I don't know how good, if it was just you had a good day yesterday, Hans, but you and Tanya organizing the activity for the the praise band. I mean, that's, not everybody is good at that. Some of you are good. Obviously, Terry and Faith at hospitality. Some of you are, are just really good about, to, you, you hear Barb is like this. We can listen to the same conversation, have the same conversation with someone. And, and when we walk away, she's picked up on stuff that I, that, I mean, right over my head. Her radar is up, you know, the antennas are there. She's picking up things about, you know, in that conversation that I didn't even hear. Well, you see, when we as a community, and who are we? We are the church. When we as a community are organizing our lives so that we're spending time together as Christians, but not just, you know, hiding away in the fortress, but out there with people who need to meet us and to meet our Savior, it's, that's what we're talking about. It, it just, it makes the, the, the testimony more authentic, more believable. Now let's move on. Someone I don't know who said that, but that's that's good. I, I remember a number of years ago, uh, you know, a lot of churches had evangelism night, Tuesday night, and we invited people to come and, and a lot of times we would, you know, had prospects. People would come to church, we have a card and say, oh, you know, okay, here's the address, go over and talk to those people and 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 uh, if they're not saved, share Christ with them. And, and that's wonderful. I don't make light of that at all. But the problem was that Wednesday, well, we don't do that because we did it Tuesday night. We had done our evangelism for the week. Well, it isn't a job. It's a life. And so when you go to work tomorrow morning, unless you're on vacation, yay, if you're on vacation, but if you go to work tomorrow morning and... You know, and it was really hot today. I don't it's cold in here, but when we get outside, we'll see if it is, probably. You know, and you don't have a pool, and maybe you don't even have air conditioning, and 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 Sunday afternoon and evening was pretty lousy because you're just miserable, and you go to work Monday morning, and if you take all of that with you, and you said, you know what, Jesus Christ changed my life. And then you're just uh you're grumpy and you know, and not very nice to your colleagues at work and Oh, really? Well, so it's, it isn't a job. It's who we are. And we may need to rethink. Look for ways where we can join in with people who don't know Jesus. I, there was a book written a number of years ago now, but the, the title was The Church Without Walls. Good book. Great thought. You know what we tend to do? The walls of the church are like a cloister, it's like a fortress. We come in here and we huddle together. Well, we don't huddle, but you know, and we're safe. And we encourage each other. That is very biblical. But our friends that don't know Jesus never see us as a group of believers because we're hiding out in our church. Then we, you know, individually sneak out, go back to work, into our neighborhood, and they never have occasion to see Christians together having a great time. I mean, we were, we were laughing and clowning around yesterday over at Terry's. Do you have fun with your Christian friends? I hope so. But do any of your friends that don't know Jesus ever see that? I hope so. Now, let me just give you an idea here. I think we've got a couple pictures coming here. Um, Barb and I, a year and a half ago, decided... One of the, We just got to find ways to be involved in community and make friends. So we joined a choir. And this is a picture of the choir. Uh, it's a community choir. To our knowledge, there are no believers in that group of about 50 singers, except Barb and I. But, you know, what a wonderful way to get to know people. We love music. God's given us some ability. So we joined this choir. And the next picture, you're just going to get a couple of... And there, there we are. You know, Barb's hiding in the top row, fourth from the right up there, and I'm standing in the front. And the reason I'm standing in the front is because about six months ago, I became the director of this choir. I mean, I was, talk about a surprise. I, that was not in our plan. We just, you know, going to sing and get to know these people, and the director had to quit. She had some health issues and problems with her folks and stuff, and the, they asked me if I'd become the director of this choir, and now I am. Barb says, uh, tells people, they, they needed a pastor. They just didn't know it. And, and we haven't told them that. We're going to keep that quiet. But what an incredible opportunity. I think there's one more set of pictures here. Um, uh, that's my better sign. <laughs> but Bar- Barb, you, you know, but what's happening is we're, we're getting to know people that we would never have met many of them professionals. Now they're retired, a lot of them. But we are getting to spend time with people. And, and, and we have opportunities that we would never have had. One of the gals in the choir had a heart attack about two weeks before our spring concert. And it's, I mean, that's just part, for Barbara and I, that's just how we, we respond to that kind of a thing. We went up to the hospital to see her, see how she's doing. And we're very thankful. They were able to put a, a shunt in and she's doing fine and she's going to probably be back in the choir in the fall. But while we we're there, her husband shows up, and we'd never met him. So we got to meet Benoit, and uh, as we we're leaving, he walked out into the hallway with us. He said, I'm really touched by this. I, you know, tears in his eyes. He said, I, I, I just can't believe that, that you did this. And and we don't even think about that. That's of course you go. <laughs> of course you go see people that are hurting. And so God and, and you can pray it's on the prayer card. That's another reason to take that prayer card. But just another Thing you can pray about as God is allowing us to be in the community on their turf, but having un- unbelievable opportunities. To- they ask all kinds of questions. They know that I'm a pastor of an evangelical evangelical church. That's uh, unknown to them. You know what's the difference between your church and ours? You know, and uh, like when you do the mass, how do you do it? Well. well I mean, we don't argue about it. They don't, it doesn't matter if they, they don't know that we don't have mass at our church. But, you know, and you you guys like music a lot in your churches, right? Yeah. Well, we're on their turf and having amazing opportunities to share our faith. All right. We finish with this. I'm, uh, I'm sorry we've gone over a little bit here. Uh, just the idea, again. Rethinking evangelism as relationships rather than events radically changes things. Evangelism is not an activity to be squeezed into our already busy schedules, but it becomes an intention that we carry with us throughout our day. Work, leisure, family can all be viewed as gospel activities. And, and, and I, want you, I want you to think about the family here at Grace Community Church. I want you to think about the gifts The skills, the abilities that exist in this family, and I would challenge you to think: How could, what could we do together? Some kind of an activity that we, where we could invite our friends who don't know Jesus Christ. I mean, barbecue because it's the season. But what if, you know, a couple of your families you get together? But I hope you have unsaved friends that you spend time with. Say, hey. Come on over. We're going to have a barbecue. I'd like you to meet some of my friends. And it doesn't have to be a big deal. It doesn't have to be, oh yeah, These we go to church together. If that comes into the conversation, that's great. But let them rub shoulders with some other Christians and they'll hear you interact. God talk. We use that expression. But if they hear God talk between you, it's a natural thing. And, and I, we can just be more effective in doing what God wants to accomplish, touching people's lives, because we are the church. I <laughs> hope you don't forget that. Let's pray.